Hello and welcome to the Musty Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Jesus, and I'm joined by my friend and yours, Oscar. Hello, Oscar. Hello. We are the Musty Collective, creatives on a journey to better storytelling. Thank you for joining us today, even though it's musty in here. Yeah, and today is part two. We're going to talk about what happened at the Oscars the other night. Oscar, that's my name. Yes, it is, Oscar, but it's not about you. So let's start the show. Okay, so the way that the show notes are structured, yes, we're just gonna go through the predictions because Michelle wants to gloat. So go I, ahead, Michelle. I'm not gloating. I'm just, I'm just stating the facts here. Um, so I'm not gonna go through the things that we didn't get right because that doesn't involve our final score. So I'm gonna involve all the things that we did get right. So best director. I voted for Chloe Zhao. Yeah, you predicted it. Yeah, you're right. I got that right. I just wanted to say that. Good job. Thank you. Very good. Uh, Best animated film. We both said Soul. We did. We did. So I got another point. Uh, I also got a point as well. Yeah. I had no caveat. Okay. So for best actress, I said either Viola Davis or Frances McDormand. Yes, but I'm going to dispute this. That should not count as a point because you have to pick one person. You can't just be or. You know what? We never set up ground rules. Okay, I'm just saying next time you have to pick somebody. That's what I'm saying. You can't be on the fence. But okay, that point is mine. Yes, because I also picked Viola Davis too. So. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, best supporting actor. We said Lakeith Stanfield. Well, you 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 predicted. I Lakeith. I said Lakeith. I said Daniel Kaluuya. So I got the point. You got the point. I got the point for there. best supporting actor. Yes. Best original score. Michelle didn't actually predict this one. I think we both predicted Soul. No, I you think, can't. No, I no, think it, that's what happened. In the show notes, it clearly says Jesus. I know, but I think I if we listen back, we might say that we both said soul no you have to actually put it on the notes i actually put on the notes just because it's written on a piece of paper doesn't mean it's not written in my heart i think then we tied because you really did not have a vote for best original score i did i did i did let we can listen back and best original score best original score Hands down, soul, hmm. soul, soul, soul. That, yeah. And music was not just like a, like in the background helping the movie to be like helping you be immersed in the movie. Like music was a big part of what the movie was doing from a story perspective. Yes, and that was just so so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So as it stands right now, uh, Michelle's score is thirty six point three percent. My score is twenty seven point two percent. Regardless. 
I guess if I round up, 27.3. But regardless of, like, our scores, we did pretty poorly. Yeah, if this was a an exam, we would have failed. Yeah, because we missed out on Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress. We totally missed. Best Original Song, we, we blanked out. Original Screenplay. Best Original Screenplay, Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, Actually, who won for Best Adapted? It was The Father. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, Best Picture, we, again, missed off, definitely misfired. So there's yes. so many sections we misfired on. And But it was like our first time, I think, doing this. So Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, well, it was fun. Usually we just sit back and wait till the show happens and then we talk about it. Right. But And um, we actually tried to, like, watch all the movies we could. Yes, we were... We realized how little we actually saw of the nominees, so we were, like, really trying to do a marathon of films. Yeah, so we watched Moraine's Black Bottom. I watched The Five Bloods. Uh, Shaun the Sheep, Farmageddon. Yeah, Michelle watched Shaun the Sheep, Farmageddon. Uh, we both watched Two Distant Strangers. The the That one, as far as um, live-action short film. And then we watched Burrow for... Uh, short animated or animated mm-hmm. short and we watch If Something Happens I Still Love You or If, if, anything, happens, if anything Happens I, I Still Love You I Still Love You um, we watched that and then we watched Minari mm-hmm. then we watched No Man Land and yes. we watched The Father Ugh. yes we watched a whole lot but we didn't get to uh, Promising Young Woman or Sound of Metal no. But, oh, and then we also watched The Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah, that's true. And we watched Judas and Black Messiah. We had already watched Judas and Black Messiah. Yeah. But we hadn't watched Trial of the Chicago 7. So we were really trying this year. Yes. To watch films that are more on the artistic style of things. Yes. And it was all for you, our, our audience. Our musty collective. Because we care about you guys. But also, like, it was just fun to learn, like, from... These great storytellers. That is true. And I just learned a lot as far as like knowledge about history. Mm-hmm. And about like the human experience, the struggle of the human experience. And that's what I would say. Like if you haven't watched any of these films that we just listed, definitely check them out. They're, they're all worth watching. And you're going to take something from each and every single one of them. Mm-hmm. All the best picture, not all the all the films nominated for best picture are amazing. And there's some extra ones that we didn't get to yet, like One Night in Miami. That's a really good one I hear. Um, I've heard good and bad things about Mank, so you may mm-hmm. you may not need to watch that one. Mank might stank. Yeah, it might stank. But it is on Netflix, so if you have Netflix, you can definitely go watch it. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm proud of Netflix. Netflix, if you're listening to us, uh-huh. I'm really proud of you. You have so many nominated films. I'm so freaking proud of you, Netflix. Yes. Great job. I think wasn't wh- how many did they have last year? They only had like one film or something. It was no, they that... had, they had more. They had claws and they had they had some others. Oh, okay. It's just I feel like in the future this is all just going to be video on demand at the Oscars or streaming services. Yeah. Yeah, but I think the thing that's funny because um, there were. There are directors. I think like Steven Spielberg famously came out against films that appear on Netflix first that they shouldn't be nominated for Oscars. But then you had The Irishman come out for Mm -hmm. the last Oscars and obviously it lost to Parasite, but it was nominated for Best Picture and I believe also Best Director. Mm -hmm. And 
then uh, Netflix got its first Best Picture win for Roma a couple years ago. Yes, that's and, what I was thinking. Of, yeah, yeah, so they, you know, but this year I think they had like ten nominations altogether. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like because Marine Marine's Black Bottom brought them a couple nominations. The Five Bloods got them at least one. Mm-hmm. Then they got nominated for animated short. They got nominated for animated best feature because of Over the Moon. And then it got nominated for Trial of the Chicago 7 and a bunch of other films. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, really, Netflix, like... Good job. Great, great, <laughs> great job, y'all. Like, I'm really proud of you. Yes. criteria for a good actor you provide a level of immersion into the story for the viewer so um, whatever whenever I cast a actor for my film I do my best to match up the actor with the actual character's personality type and um, it's kind of like why fit a square peg into a round hole when you already have the round peg in front of you kind of a thing. I try to pick something that is like really similar for that actor um, and I feel like it really helps emphasize their own personality and it brings out a new layer of characteristics for the character. If you can watch a film and you can be totally immersed in what's happening, you're not thinking at all, this is a movie, I'm watching actors act, you're just totally enthralled by whatever you're seeing, then I think that is a great performance, in my opinion. Okay, that's fair. So for you, it's about uh, an actor with their character immersing the viewer into the film. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, for me, I look for two things, mainly two things. I look for range. I look for how much responsibility do you have? Are you carrying this film on your back? On your back? Uh how many actors are in a scene with you that are also lifting you up or are you lifting them? Are you drawing the most energy in the film? So I'm looking for range. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking for the, my second thing I'm looking for, believability. Do I believe you are that character? kind of goes with what Michelle was saying with immersion for the viewer. I just call it believability. And so if I look at this film and you're supposed to be this person, do I believe you? Are you cast as well? Do you physically look the part? Do you act the part? Do you emotionally draw us in? Do you bring something new to the perspective of the human experience that we haven't seen in a story like this ever before? And yeah, those are the things I look for. Range and believability. Mm-hmm. So that leads us into our next section, which is two, uh, part one of my disappointment with the show. <laughs> I'm really more disappointed with the Academy. And if anyone's listening that's a part of the Academy, this is not hate on you. But I do think y'all should check yourselves. And I say that with all due respect, because I'm not a person who votes. I'm not part of the Academy. But Chadwick Boseman should have won Best Actor. I'm not saying that because he's black. I'm not saying that because he died. Because I know with saying the whole black thing is because, like, the Oscars is so white. Uh, a lot of people want to see, like, more minorities win. I truly do believe, objectively speaking, 
with no biases at all, that Chadwick Boseman was the best performance of the year. Now, I didn't see Gary Oldman. I didn't see Riz Ahmed, but I saw uh, Stephen Yuen. I saw Anthony Hopkins. And I saw Chadwick. And I just don't see how people could literally look at both films, Chadwick in Moraine's Black Bottom or Anthony Hopkins in The Father. And Anthony Hopkins did a great performance, but then people were literally saying that Anthony Hopkins gave the best performance and he was just brilliant and no one could even touch him. Mm. And that's just, to me, that's just false. Like, if you actually watch Moraine's Black Bottom, there are three scenes in that movie. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't watched it, but there are literally three scenes in that movie that are all like, the next 10 to 20 years, acting students are going to use them as like, um, you know, mocks for their acting classes and just say, I'm going to take this scene from Raised by Bottom done by Chadwick Boseman, right? Like, just like how people have done like Will Smith's uh, Freshman's Bel Air, like, why doesn't he love me scene? Mm-hmm. People have done that, right? For years. They're going to take Chadwick Boseman and be like, yeah, I'm going to take one of those three scenes. And they're going to do that for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. They're... There is maybe one scene for, for Anthony Hopkins towards the end. Um, and so, again, I'm not trying to say... I got to be careful with my words here. Because, again, I re- totally respect Anthony Hopkins. He's had a brilliant career. He's obviously still alive. He's going to keep making good work. He was nominated last year for the two popes, which is amazing because he's like um, 83, I believe. So he's just churning out Oscar-worthy performances. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying anything bad about him. But if you look at the passion... If you look at the range and verticality of what Chadwick Boseman was doing, the amount of energy he was doing, it wasn't like unbroiled. It wasn't like, okay, let's pull back now, Chadwick. It was perfect for every single moment of the scene. He was, his character was literally the tension throughout the whole film. Like once he appeared on screen, it was all about the tension he was bringing. He lifted that whole film up. I came into watching Marines Black Bottom thinking it was a Viola Davis film. Mm-hmm. But she only had, in my opinion, a smaller part to play. Chadwick Boseman's character, even though it's called my Rainey's Black Bottom, Chadwick Boseman's character was just amazing. He brought so much energy and life, and the way he uh, told the stories of the character he was, and I'm forgetting the name of the character, which is you know, my apologies, but the way that he gave us those those moments where it was silent and still. And he had tears in his eyes. Or when he was really crazy and angry and we were terrified of him. Mm-hmm. Or when he was very lustful. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it was just a whole number of things that he was doing. And he had so much responsibility. And he was lifting the whole film up. And the whole film was really about his performance. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just, I don't believe, objectively speaking, you could say the same thing about Anthony Hopkins' performance as the father. Where... He needed to play off of the acting of so many others, or not so many, but a few other people on screen. Where really, if you watch the film, it's actually it's a really great film. It's more about the script and what they were doing with changing out characters and changing out timelines and confusing you. That was really the main point. It wasn't really about the character, in my opinion, itself. Hmm. But I'll just leave it there. I, I could say a lot more, but <laughs> it's not about, again, it's not about race. It's not about... Um, it's not about uh, him dying. It's just the fact that it was clearly the best performance of the year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at both movies objectively, I think you can come out with the same conclusion. But again, there's a lot of subject, a lot of subjectivity, a lot of subjectivity when it comes to this <laughs> kind of things. 
And so I'm going to let Michelle get in here, but yeah, that's, I just needed to say that. Get off my chest. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a long conversation after the Oscars about all this. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, I think Anthony Hopkins' performance was amazing, but so were all the other performances. So it's not, it's like what you're saying. It's not that one person just blew it out of the water for everyone else. Yeah, I, and that's what I'm, I'm not saying Chadwick was way better than Anthony Hopkins. I just don't think Anthony Hopkins was way better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just me. Yeah, so just because one person wins, it doesn't mean that the rest of the nominees weren't any good. They were there for a reason. They were nominated for a reason, and they all did amazing. So yeah. they were all eligible to win this award. True. Now this is where I use the death part, because because this <laughs> you was said it wasn't no about I know, that. no I know but this this is where it becomes a valid argument. This was the last time he was going to get a chance to win an Oscar. Yes. And the presence has been done before, right? Like with Heath Ledger. So mm-hmm. I don't. Again, I don't see why the Academy. Did not vote him in. Yeah. I know some people. So I'm hearing. I, I'm hearing two main arguments. One that Anthony Hopkins was clearly better, and we give it to the best, the best person. Mm-hmm. Now that's clearly not true because if you look over the years, it has been political as far as. Uh, there's three arguments. This one. This one about it being that it, Anthony was clearly better, and you give it to the best person. But we know over the years that people have been like, it's their turn. It's their turn, right? If if you look at, for instance. Um, Who's the the young man in Titanic? Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. He's been denied Oscars all his life. And then it was just like, okay, it's his turn. Finally, just give it to him. So that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Um, There's a wonderful director I love. Um, He did did that time movie in space. He also did The Dark Knight. Chris... Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. He's giving... Uh, Oscar-worthy direction, in my opinion, but he keeps getting denied. At some point, it will be his turn, and people are, he's going to get his. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that the history does not show that it's always about the best performance, but sometimes just politically, like, it's this person's turn. Mm-hmm. Now, my other, th- my other counter for that is that Anthony Hopkins already has an Oscar for Sons of the Lambs in 1992 Oscars, so just saying, <laughs> just saying, there's presence for this. Mm-hmm. All right, but the other thing I'm hearing is that a lot of people are mentioning that since, you know, Anthony Hopkins, Chadwick didn't sweep. He didn't sweep the award season. So, like, there's the Golden Globes, the DGAs, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So, Chadwick won, um, a, like, in a lot of other places, but he didn't win the BAFTAs. And he didn't win the Spirit Awards, I believe. So, that, you know, so since Anthony Hopkins won the BAFTAs, it makes sense that he won the Academy. Now, I don't quite get all how that works. Oh, I do remember my third thing now. <laughs> my third thing was about the political aspect nature of it. Okay, so it it could be the fact that since there's a lot of international influence of the academy on, on the academy, that since you know Anthony Hopkins won the BAFTAs, then there could be an influx of people from the BAFTAs voting pool that's influencing the academy voting pool, mm-hmm. right? And so that that could be it. But again, the academy doesn't have to do what the BAFTAs does. That, that's fine. Like. Doesn't mean like, oh, if you win the BAFTAs, then you have to win the Academy. You could do something else completely. Mm -hmm. So if we believe he was the best performance, then he's the best performance. The third thing was the political aspect. And this is the only, this is something I made up in my own head that I could see this, that possibly, and this is what I kind of believe when we talk about best picture, that Chadwick Boseman's performance is highly political, or at least it's very unnerving. So when you watch the film, I don't want to spoil it, but there are some things that are very like anti 
religion that his character talks about um, in a very ferocious way. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of stuff that he talks about when dealing with you know white people in the South. This is a movie that's taking place in the early 1900s, so you can just assume kind of with your own with your own imagination what he could be talking about. Go watch the film. It's a good film. Anyway, so it could be the fact that the Academy didn't want to nominate such a performance that could be very dis- um, divisive. Mm-hmm. That the general populace could be like, oh, wow, you know, Hollywood's really trying to, you know, push these kind of agendas. So that could also be it as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm done. I'm letting it go now. I'm done. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I okay. I again. This is one of those things where it's very interesting. So, like, I just I want to tie in um a um best supporting actress and best actress into this as well, um with best picture. This to me it seemed again a political move, where you had Jews and Black Messiah sitting right there, Mm -hmm. but again, if Hollywood votes that in, it's like sending a message about. Fred Hampton, the Black Panther Party, which is something that's kind of been suppressed as far as this kind of information is goes. Like, I didn't learn this in school. Mm-hmm. And you definitely didn't want to do the Trials of Chicago 7 because that pushes the narrative even further. Yeah. But for some reason, Nomadland won. It's a good film and it's well directed. I think Chloe Zhao deserves Best Director. It's really good. I'm, honestly, the other directors deserve it too. But um, I totally see why Chloe Zhao got it because it, it's... It was like herding cats. Like she had Francis and another well-known actor, a male actor. But like, you know, she definitely was like, it felt like a documentary, Mm -hmm. like putting all those people together and making the scene work and seem like a movie. But knowing that a lot of those people were just regular people, not actors. Mm -hmm. Like that was that was just amazing. So I understand best director, but best picture, the best storytelling now, it could just be the fact that I don't quite like Nomadland because it's not the typical arc plot movie. It's more like a mini, like a mini plot or or like an anti-plot kind of movie. But clearly, Jews and the Black Messiah was just so, so good. Mm-hmm. I think if it is at all political or they are trying to make sure that they award people in various categories of diversity so nomadland was directed by an asian director yes asian woman an asian woman and the lead was an older woman so the thing is that hollywood has a tendency to glorify young women they throw older women to the curb nobody wants them they're just side characters, blah, blah, blah. Or just like they fill the roles as mothers, yeah, so girlfriends, so wives. It's like once you hit a certain age, you kind of don't exist anymore, mm-hmm. according to Hollywood. And so I feel like, and some stuff that I've been reading about this film, 
And this is a quote from Chloe Zhao. We want you to see Fran as she sees her own face and her own body without all the filters and lighting to help. We want to truly believe in our audience and have faith in our audience and trust that they will find that being human is beautiful. So that's something that she said. And I think it, it kind of talks about how when you are an older woman, you are still beautiful. You are worth living and and being around and conversating with and and that you can still be the lead you can still be the protagonist of your story and it doesn't have to just fall to the wayside just because you're an older person yeah and those are those are all very good points super valid points and it's true like it was the world that we got to see this this a little bit of story that we got to see in that in that movie was really fun and amazing and very interesting Mm -hmm. and I think the cinematography was really, really good too. But getting really introduced to the vamping nomad land lifestyle was was awesome. It was really, yeah. really cool. There are some notable characters um, that were, to me, like characters I can empathize with. And you know, I I see why people like the film. I see why people like it. Uh, I do not see why it got best picture. Which <laughs> again, with again with Jews and Black Messiah being there, I I. Mm-hmm don't see how it got best picture but again i think it could be mainly political because again fred hampton and the black panthers are very in america we don't tend to talk about these people mm-hmm. the only the first time i heard about this i heard fred hampton's name was in a black barber shop like a couple years ago mm-hmm. for the first time to be quite honest so uh i could see the academy going that way possibly mm-hmm but it does feel weird when, I guess I'll just say this, when the movie is like just all white people and you have movies that include like everybody in there mm-hmm. and they tell possibly a better story. So <laughs> it it did feel a little like... I felt like a little weird. Like again, Chloe Zhao getting the director, the best director award makes sense, but best picture going to Nomadland, that felt a little like again. If there was no other clear better pictures, then I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this makes sense. But having watched most of the films in best picture category, mm-hmm. I I I still struggle with that one. Yeah. So that leads me into best actress. I going back to the Anthony Hopkins performance stuff is like. How much was it where, where, where was there range and believability? Um, definitely believed the performance, but there wasn't much range. There wasn't much for Frances McDormand to do in that film. And since she's also, she also has won an Oscar beforehand, and there were other great performances, um, like the performance in The Promising Young Woman, um, or Billie Holiday versus, versus United States of America. Like, there are other performances out there. Like, I, it's hard to give to Viola because the amount of work that she had to do, com, you know, wasn't a, a lot or enough for me to maybe give her the win, even though I predicted that she could win. But I'm I'm not sure why she got it. And then leads me again to Best Supporting Actress. For some reason, Hollywood does not like Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> for some reason. Like, I heard from another, you know, uh, co- uh, commenter or critiquer of Hollywood that Hillbilly Elegy was somewhat offensive. 
Glenn Close's performance of the, of the character was somewhat offensive to people. I don't know who those people are. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. Like, I have not heard any of this yeah. until now. But out of all the nominees, Glenn Close was... Glenn, Glenn Close was the best <laughs> supporting <laughs> actress role. And I watched Minari, and so no hate on, on, on that woman's performance. It was, it was very fun. Loved seeing her as a grandma. And that third act scene was... Was wow, was really amazing and, and heart heartbreaking, but Glenn Close as a grandmother was amazing all throughout the movie, mm-hmm. and for certain moments she carried the film, along with a- Amy Adams who didn't even get a nomination. So it was kind of weird what was going on mm-hmm. for those categories, and I I'm gonna leave it there. But <laughs> I hope I didn't. I, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to say the Academy is bad. I think. The Academy is getting better. The rules that they, inst- they, inst- they instituted in this Oscar is to make sure to add more diversity to the nominations were amazing. I just need the Academy to follow through. And if you really believe in progress and change, vote the stories that are showing us progress and change instead of stuff that is kind of the same old, same old, in my opinion, and say it with your chest. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say. But on a positive note... Yeah, let, let, let Michelle take over here because she's very positive and wonderful and very talented and we all love her. So Aww. you can listen to Michelle now. Thank you. Um, so we're happy for Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Woo. We we loved the film and we, we kind of had an issue with Lakeith being nominated as a supporting actor. Yeah. Um, we talked about that in the last episode. But we're really happy that Daniel won. Um, his speech was hilarious, but um. <laughs> well, his speech was inspiring, and then it got really weird and awkward at the end. Yeah, it was. It was kind of. I think did, he was just so happy that he was just saying whatever was coming to his head at that point. Well, I, I, I just, I do want to say this one thing actually. Yes. That is positive. Um, but again, I think it's interesting because he said a line where. You know, the Black Panther Party taught me to love myself, which mm-hmm. I thought was very interesting. Um, as a black man, him saying that, I thought that was very interesting. And again, leads me to the idea that Judas and, black si- Judas and the Black Messiah was nominated, but it wasn't going to win, especially with the division between cops and supporters of the cops and people who are against the cops or not as big supporters of the cops. And obviously, like the way the, the the kind of language that was used against the cops in Judas and Black Messiah. It, 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 anyways, it just seems political. But uh. <laughs> anyways, the point is, Danny Clue was awesome. But then he talked about how he's just excited or he's so grateful to be here and how his mom and dad had sex years ago and now he's here. The mm-hmm. mother's reaction <laughs> that was so funny. to him saying that she was mad. She was like, "What is he talking about?" I and if it was my mom, I would get a slap in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. behind stage or at some point in the night uh, i'm assuming kaluuya got a smack in the back of his head <laughs> like out of all the things to talk about i thought it was hilarious i thought it was it awesome was funny. though i thought yeah, it was awesome people were laughing yeah um and then we're also we are happy for chloe Zhao. chloe Zhao. yes we are who, who was the first woman of color to win an oscar for best director so that's awesome that was very awesome that was very awesome i'm very happy for her yeah also happy for oh, she's actually um, uh, Chloe Zhao's directing uh, a Marvel movie. Yes. Yeah. So it's gonna be like the Immortals f- from from an Oscar winning director. It's gonna yeah. It's probably gonna show up in the trailer. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um. Also happy for supporting actress 
Yu Jung Yoon. Oh, there we go. That's the name. There we go. Uh, from Minari. Her her uh, acceptance speech was amazing. Because she first kind of said like, oh, I thought Brad Pitt was going to stay close to me or something like that. <laughs> and then she was like, I don't think it's a competition. She I was don't, so she, like jaded she, by everything. Like, well, she was being, she was like, I don't, I don't know if people are being nice to me because I'm the foreigner. Like she said something yeah. along those lines. She's like, I think Glenn Close should have won. Mm-hmm. So it's like, she was awesome. Again, yeah. like, I'm not hating on her performance. She was, go watch Minari. It's a great film. It, honestly, that could have been my best picture of the year too. Um, or my best director or my best actor. Um, mm-hmm. It was really, really good. Um, uh, and her her part that she played as a grandmother was very touching and, and warm mm-hmm. and just a beautiful part of the film. Yes. But she accepted with grace and she was hilarious and mm-hmm. I hope to see her get more work. Yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing speech. Yeah. Um, and then from another speech, I just wanted to kind of make a quote of the night. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Um, Michelle really liked this part. So... <laughs> um, my octopus teacher, a documentary on Netflix, won for best documentary. Yeah, that was another win for Netflix. Yes, it was. Netflix clean up. Um, and we just—I—I I don't know. It was just a funny moment at the at the very end of the speech. He said, "If a man can kind of form a friendship with an octopus." It does sort of make you wonder what else is possible. I'm really, I'm literally rolling my eyes to the back of my head right now. <laughs> but we should see the movie. Maybe that's like a tagline in the movie. Maybe we should, or Michelle could watch it and she could let you know how I'll, it is. I'll watch it. Yeah, it is on Netflix, so we could watch it. Yes. But I, I will say it is a good line. And again, this is why I was so, I'm so proud of like the nominated films I got to watch. Um... First of all, I'm thankful to the Academy. Thank you. Thank you to the Academy for nominating these films. <laughs> but also thank you to the creators and the producers and the studios distributing these films, the, the platforms allowing them to be streamed online so we could all watch them during the pandemic. Um, thank you, because this was like one year that I can't remember how many films that were nominated for like Best Picture, Best Director, where there were so many films that told touching stories about the human experience, showed about the the you know, dealing with grief, um, no man land, or dealing with the idea that you lose your ability to hear as a drummer in the sound of metal, dealing with like abuse and assault as a in, in the promising young the promising young woman, you know, dealing with like family strife and overcoming together as a family and staying together throughout the strife in Minari. So many good stories like mm-hmm. you know, social justice and child of Chicago seven and, and the corruptness of our social justice of our of our justice system. Um the fact that the FBI is like killing twenty-one-year-olds in yeah. Jerusalem, Black Messiah, like, uh, and the Le- Keith Stanfield's performance in that uh, movie was amazing. Like, so many movies that just show you more of the human experience are raw, truthful, and also showing us how to kindle love in the hearts of of humankind. Mm-hmm. And I, again, just so proud of these creatives, and I hope that one day people can see our stories and and have it can have a similar impact
if you're a filmmaker, this show, The Oscars, is always a great place to look if you ever want to know what types of stories Hollywood is looking for. I think it's um, sometimes confusing because you have stories you want to tell, but then you want to sell it to a big studio and you're like, what kind of stories should I try to be aiming for or what do I do? So I think if you want just a clear idea of the types of films, just watch the Oscars and what they're nominating because those are the films that they obviously like the most. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, Man, Chloe Zhao... Like, she destroyed this this award season. Yes. Like, that's the thing. Like, last year for Parasite, no one saw it coming because I don't think Parasite won any of the other awards. Mm. Like, they didn't win the Golden Globes. They didn't win the DGAs. I don't think they won the Spirit Awards. They didn't win the BAFTAs, I don't think. And then, you know, Parasite came into the Academy and just won six straight. It was just destroying yep. everybody like this dude was like i don't know what to do with all these awards <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think chloe Zhao really picked i first of all she picked an uh an award-winning actress mm-hmm. and centered the story around what she was what what francis is really great at doing which is portraying the subtleties in a situation and drawing drawing you into like a certain kind of pace that the movie is going with these like small little pieces of dialogue, but a lot of facial movements and expressions, they really showed like grief and hardship and pain and loss, all wrapped up into one. And so, and then with just great shots and and you know just great, I think good good pacing. Mm-hmm. It, was, it is a slow movie, but it ha- it has its own pace and it's not afraid of it. And um, I think Chloe Zhao just showed you the template. Just find find an amazing story with. Well, not fine, but yeah, find an amazing story, get an award-winning actress, <laughs> <laughs> and shoot something very beautiful, yep. you know, centered around the the actress. Why are you giving me that look? I am, I am legitimately happy. <laughs> Chloe Zhao, if you're listening to this, I'm legitimately happy for you. You did amazing work. You you deserve the win. Like, she did amazing work. She, she directed, wrote, and edited, and produced the film. <laughs> Yes. So that was like... That's like a student filmmaker right there. Uh, it's crazy. Like, I've never even heard of her before. She did something before, though. I've seen her face before. Most likely. Yeah. But, like, just amazing. Just amazing. Good job. Yeah. Great. Great job. All right. On next week's episode, uh, I see you heard that awkward ending uh, to the Oscars, part two. Yeah, we're, we're kind of new to this. And again, I hope I didn't offend anybody. I wasn't just expressing <laughs> my thoughts. We're new to this podcasting thing. <laughs> we, I, I, we're close. We're closing in on a hundred episodes, but I still feel super new. I feel like a babe in the woods. <laughs> and um, again, it's just—it's really tough to make a film. It's really tough to tell a story, to hold an audience there for mm-hmm. like a hundred minutes, 120 minutes, 90 minutes. And I'm again. No hate on anybody. These films and these performances were all amazing. All right, on next week's episode, we have two special guests on the show, Bianca Devaro and Christopher Rohrbeck, creators of the film series Project 321. And they'll be talking about how COVID ironically opened doors for them in the film industry and what they're up to now. But if you actually want to get a jump on this, you can go to Vimeo and put in Project 321 just like that into the search bar. And you can actually watch their short films they did a film once a month in 2020 and 
they, had some, they turn on some really good stuff out there, and you can watch them all for free right now and be ready for the interview next week. And if you want to be featured as a guest on our show, email us at themustycreative at gmail.com and tell us your story, because we want to hear it. And a big thanks to our monthly supporters for helping us make this episode of the Musty Creative Podcast. If you would like to become a financial supporter of us and the show, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mustycreative and help make this show even better. Yep, and that's all we have time for. Remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now it's time to shower up. them a satisfaction they couldn't get any other way.